we had a meetup pretty much like two months after the group has was formed. And during the meetup, everyone was saying how great the community was, but they were looking at me like, Danielle, where's your podcast? Like you're doing great work here, but where's your voice? Like, let's hear it. Podcast Junkies, episode 219. Welcome back. In a crazy world, we are continuing to roll out podcast episodes. And this week, we have a uh, episode that was re- recorded uh, a couple of weeks ago with Danielle Desir. She is the founder of Women of Color Podcasting, something that started out as a Twitter uh, conversation that turned into a full-blown group and now has uh, large numbers of members, a podcast, and a whole interested group of female podcasters of color. And kudos to Danielle for putting this all together and for realizing there was a need and nurturing that need and getting out of her comfort zone to actually organize. And I can't imagine um, who would have filled those shoes if it hadn't been for her, but it just really speaks to this idea of seeing a need in the community, seeing uh, that you can provide some value. And that's exactly what she did. So I'm really excited to get into this conversation today. We talk about the growth of WC Podcasters, her inspiration to start the Thought Card Podcast. She also talks about her love of travel and the places she's visited. We dive into Danielle's drive, her motivation, and her dreams, and how she's breaking barriers as a woman of color, and the future goals for the the WOC Podcasters group. Last week's episode, in case you missed it, was a great one, is with Hernan Lopez. He's the CEO and founder of Wondery, which is one of the biggest uh, podcast production houses uh, in the world right now, to be uh, honest. And they've done such a fantastic job of marketing their shows. And I've been privileged to be friends with Hernan for the past four years. We met in Los Angeles. And astute listeners will realize that he's been on uh, previously episode 102. This episode's brought to you by Focusrite. There's a fantastic sponsorship happening this month. Focusrite has launched the Podcast Studio Makeover, and it's running from March 6th through April 17th. This is an amazing giveaway, and you should definitely jump on this. They've partnered with a group of companies to give away three prize bundles to chosen winners, each of them valued at over $2,300. This bundle is bananas. First off, it's the Scarlett 18i8 third generation USB audio interface. It features four upgraded third generation Scarlett mic preamps, the switchable air mode I've mentioned earlier, two high headroom instrument inputs, eight line inputs. This thing is amazing. Then there's the Heil PR40 and PL2T boom arm, a free month of Squadcast. You guys know I love Squadcast, plus 50% off the first two months. Simplecast, again, another fantastic partner of the show. You get the first month free. Audio Mute, you get a $500 store credit and a free consultation. Hindenburg, a $95 store credit, enough for a journalist to be applied towards an upgrade. And Adam Audio is providing a pair of SP5 headphones. Last but not least, you get to pack it all up in your Namba gear, Lil Namba Remix Backpack. This is a crazy, crazy, crazy kit. Make sure you sign up. I've created a special link. Go to podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite promo. That's podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite promo. What are you waiting for? Go sign up now. I'm conscious that everyone's daily habits with regards to 
podcasting and everything else in their lives has been completely thrown for a loop. So as always, I'm grateful that you're taking the time to listen to this episode. Downloads have dropped, but what's interesting is really valuing the people who are coming back to listen to the show because it's almost like they're the core group of super fans, and I definitely appreciate that. Hopefully you guys are staying safe. I heard recently of a friend, one of my best friends from high school, recently contracted the virus and he is actually on a ventilator now. So it has definitely hit home for me recently. And I'm sure I posted about this today on LinkedIn is that the longer this goes on, the more we will know someone who is affected or in our close circle of friends and family that is affected by this. So it's just that all the more reason to send out as much uh, love and support and, and doing whatever we can to support the people who are helping those on the front line. I hope you guys are safe as well. Let's not forget that this episode is also brought to you by Fullcast. Fullcast.co is the website. If you need help with any aspect of your show from launch to production and marketing, we can help. Schedule a free chat at fullcast.co forward slash chat 15 about your existing or new show. All right, stay tuned to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag, but let's jump into this conversation with Danielle. So Danielle Desir, host of The Thought Card and founder of WC Podcasters. Thank you for joining us on Podcast Junkies. Thank you for having me, Harry. So we were connected, you know, sometimes uh, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. (laughs) And we were chatting in the pre-chat a little bit about the work I'm doing with Squadcast and a little bit of a stumble when they announced the first pass of the advisory board. And obviously the most glaring omission was the fact that there was no <laughs> no women on, on the board. So there was a, a bunch of engaging and entertaining and insightful conversations and valuable ones as well on Twitter and, and a couple of the, the social posts as well. So I think through that roundabout way, and I think we connected through my girlfriend as well, who does the, the photographs, <laughs> Natalie, to, and we, you know, we were connected. And then I thought it would be, be a good opportunity because I love what you've done with the community. And so I'm happy to, to sort of dive in on any of those topics and get a little deeper so the, the listener understands a little bit of your story. So maybe the first place to start would be your background and, and your first entry into the podcasting scene. Sure. So I've been an avid podcast listener since 2015, 2016. And that was just about my extent of it. I was admiring podcasters, but I just wasn't ready to dive into creating my own show. I had this fear of hosting a show by myself. So I was constantly looking for a co-host to do this with me. And I found someone and he was excited, but he wasn't energized. He wasn't ready to get going. So I tabled this dream of starting my own personal podcast. But in April 2018, Spotify had a sound up bootcamp opportunity where they were looking for 10 newbie women of color podcasters to fly them out to New York City, do a week long bootcamp with podcasting experts. And then one winner would win $10,000 as startup funds. So when I saw this opportunity, mind you, it was through like underground blogs. It wasn't on mainstream, like it wasn't on Spotify's website. Mm-hmm. So when I found this opportunity, I said, this is for me. Like I have an idea. I just, you know, want to start a podcast. Let me go for it. But I said to myself, you know, how many women really are going to be applying for this opportunity? Because I was basing it off of the top 100 Apple podcast lists. And if you just 
quickly look at the list, you don't see many people of color. You don't see many women of color on the list. So I didn't think that there were a lot of people out there. So I applied thinking that I was going to win. I had a great idea. And May 1st, the day that they were supposed to announce the winners came around. I didn't get an email. I didn't get anything. So I'm frantically going on Twitter, looking for some sign of like the winners announced. Checking your spam email, maybe. (laughs) Checking everything. Like literally, 7 a.m. in the morning checking to see if I won this great opportunity. Now, I was looking at Spotify's Twitter Twitter list and looking at their feed, nothing. But in the meantime, something told me just like do a search on Twitter for the Sound of Bootcamp opportunity. And that's when I saw that there were hundreds and thousands of women who were talking about this bootcamp and they were waiting to see who won. So I said, okay, let me start organizing us because I just want to be able to keep in touch with all these women. I started off with a Twitter list, but I quickly realized that Twitter is a Twitter list is great to like peek into what everyone's doing, but it's not really the best place to start engaging conversations that will last. So then I went and created the Facebook community. Now, I've never been an admin of a Facebook community. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just created the space because I just saw the opportunity. I saw hundreds of women connecting on Twitter and I started that Facebook group. Interesting because when I think about everything in retrospect, one of the questions in the application for Spotify Bootcamp was, what do you want to see different in the podcasting industry? Mm. And my response to that question was, I want to see a space where we can connect and be together and learn from each other. But I didn't want to create the space. I wanted to be part of the space, you know? So it's so funny how like a month before it was in my mind that this space was needed. And then a month later, here I am starting and spearheading this cause. So many interesting things there. Um, One of the things that stood out was the fact that you felt the need to organize at least some of the conversations happening. Is that in your nature? Like, do you have an organizing nature? <laughs> or has, have you done something similar, maybe not online, but if you know, if you look at your past, is that something that, that you've noticed that you have an inclination towards? I don't think so. I think I'm more of a community member. Like, I enjoy being parts of communities. I enjoy helping But this was very different. And when I started the community, I called my mom that day and I said, mom, I'm creating something. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not, I don't even have a podcast. So how am I (laughs) leading this podcasting community? (laughs) I have no idea. So I don't think necessarily it's in my nature. I think I'm really good at connecting with people. So getting to know people, um, sharing ideas and being a community member. Um, So I think it, it was just a good first, like a good first step to be in communities. And then now I have my own community, which is interesting and cool. I'm wondering if as you started building the community, which started with the list and then the Facebook group, was the response to the people coming in and gathering, was that surprising at first? And in terms of like, you know, you know how something, sometimes there's a need for something. And when someone creates it, everyone's like, aha, this is what we've been waiting for. And they all like rush towards it. Is, Is that what happened in the early days? It definitely was what happened. And a lot in the early days was a lot of newbies because we all really came together because of the Spotify Sound of Bootcamp. So we were all in the same boat of like either starting our podcast or thinking about it or having less than 10 episodes. So the response was really positive. But for me, what really was a game changer is when I started to see 
women of color who were like big in the podcasting industry, like on the top 100 list, being part of the community, I said, okay, we've stumbled on something really unique because it's not only newbies anymore. There's just a variety of uh, people now in the community. Were there a couple of names that stood out when you saw them join? You're like, whoa. <laughs> yes. I was like, wow. Okay. This is exciting. Like they have their own podcasting communities based off of their own communities, yeah. but not a place for as a creator for you to come and learn and be with other creators. So that was really cool to see the big names in there. Any any specific podcasts that you can think of? Yeah, we definitely uh, saw Nikayla Matthews early on. So she's the host of uh, Side Hustle Pro podcast. And that was really exciting. And then Elsie also is uh, from She Podcast is also a member and very active member of the community as well. So those names are, it was great to see, uh, to see those names in our community early on. So as you started to build this community, which is some, what you're saying is something you've never done before. What were some of the things you were struggling with as a community organizer? And how has that grown from the time you started till now? Yes. One of the things for me that was really challenging was understanding my role as a community organizer. So it's interesting because it's like, it's not necessarily, it's my community, but it's also not my community. It's like a space that I'm holding for others and trying to make these executive decisions as to like, where are we going? What are we doing? And also being the face of that community was very challenging. When I'm talking to, let's say, different organizations or different brands or trying to collaborate, trying to understand what my role and also understanding what the needs of my members were. So that was really, really challenging in the beginning. And I always, I struggled with like, who am I? What am I doing? Especially in the beginning, beginning, because I had no podcast yet. So really just trying to understand what the needs were uh, was one of the things that I struggled with. Also, so in the beginning, I had a co-founder who helped me really get the you know the ball rolling, and eventually she faded, especially because we were both uh, new podcasters or aspiring podcasters. Like things change, especially if you're not really invested in it yet. So she ended up dropping off, and I uh, found myself alone. And we're thousands of people, uh, you know, now at this point, and it's just like okay, like this is a lot for my for myself, and trying to figure out who can help and what resources we need. It's just constantly evolving and growing. So I, I was, if you notice on the site that you've got a, a pretty awesome team of ladies helping you. <laughs> so how did that start to happen? How did you start to build? What were some of the early uh, roles that you, you know, where you needed help early on? And like the first people that joined, was it just like them reaching out, you reaching out to them because they were, you know, obviously in a new group, there's always certain people that are just really active and really engaged. And you're like, you have your eye on them as a community organizer. Yes. So early on, I knew that it was important for us to take our conversations offline and have our own websites because Facebook groups are great for if you need information now, but it's really hard when you're trying to like archive and build a content library. And I also knew that let's say Facebook crashes, how am I going to be able to keep in touch and keep this community active and going? Yeah. So I said to myself, I knew that having a blog and website was very, very important. And in my own personal brand, I've been blogging for over five years now. So it came natural to just want to start a blog for WSC podcasters. So I gave myself a couple months. I really wanted to launch the blog on our one year anniversary. So that was our one year anniversary gift to have a website with contributions and blogs from our members. 
And I pretty much asked in the community, like, hey, we're going to start a blog. Anyone can help us with colors. Can anyone contribute a guest post? Can anyone help with editing? So that's how we formed our um, editorial team um, by people who were like, hey, I'm an editor. I can help out with doing that. So it was really just me asking for what I needed and people coming and stepping up and saying, hey, I can do this. So that's how the team has grown. And the great thing is like when people start to see that you're moving and advancing and doing great work, they want to be part of that. So that's how the team has continuously grown. We've proven that we're here. We are working really hard to get the voices and amplifying the voice of women of color. So a lot of new team members are joining us as well. Now that you have this platform, and it's interesting when you start blogging, like I bet five years ago when you started blogging, you were like, oh, you know, this, I wonder how this skill will come in handy. <laughs> and who, you know, come to, because the site looks beautiful, definitely. So I'll make sure we have a link to that in the show notes. What I love about the site is that it's super clean. You've got a nice timeline, like a historical timeline, you know, when you hit your, your milestones of 500 members and 2000 members which I think is helpful for people to come in to see that, you know, the platform is growing, the community is growing. Are you seeing now that WC Podcasters is uh, becoming a voice? And are you thinking about in the future, are there ways that the platform can uh, amplify like some of the concerns of women women of of color that are podcasters and and maybe, you know, getting topics out or or speaking on topics that, that are front and center for the community? Yes, absolutely. That's a very big part of what we're doing. I see the website really as our outward facing media. And that's really important because when you have a Facebook community, everything is like private within the community. And it's really hard for people who are not in the community to understand what's going on, the expertise. For me, it's really important to highlight there's so many different layers of expertise that we have within the community. So it's really bringing those kinds of content and those voices out. So that's very, very, very important. And we've been so lucky because all of pretty much all of our blogs have been guest posts from people who were just part of the community who had something to share, a message or their expertise, or maybe they went to a conference and wanted to share their tidbits. So that has been really, really great and inspiring. Yeah, just some thoughts would be to see if there's an opportunity to leverage maybe some of the things that Podchaser is doing, you know, because they're becoming essentially the IMDb of podcasting. So people get get put in their show credits as a host, as a guest. So it might be interesting. I don't know what support you have on the tech side, but it might be interesting because they have an open API that allows or even an easy way to display some of those. So maybe even like people in the community and just kind of like show all their like Podchaser credits or something like that would be interesting. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so you then uh, talk about the your own podcast, The Thought Card, when that started and the inspiration for that. Yeah, so I've been blogging for five years. And you would think when I was applying for Spotify that I would pitch my own personal blog idea. Nope, I did not pitch that idea. <laughs> I pitched something else. And um, I just realized that, you know what, I'm tired of me wanting to do something and me constantly being held back from fear of not having a partner or co-host. And it really took the community that really pushed me into this. We had a meetup pretty much like two months after the group has, was formed. And during the meetup, everyone was saying how great the community was, but they were looking at me like, Danielle, where's your podcast? Like you're doing great work here, but where's your voice? Like, let's hear it. 
So that really put a fire in me to get started. And I said, you know what? The easiest thing for me to do is just work off of the brand that I have. And it's a, it's seamless. And I could really think about what kind of content do I want to create? Do I want to pretty much repurpose content and just take my blogs and transform them into audio versions? Or do I want to host interviews? Or do I want to bring in concept that I haven't been able to touch on? So I decided to go with the route of creating new content for the podcast and focusing on interviews. So it adds like another supplemental layer to my brand and not just an exact replica of the blog that I have. So what was what is the premise of the show? And talk a bit about some of the challenges you had as you were starting that. Yes. So my show, The Thought Card Podcast, is all about affordable travel. And I focus on not only how do you afford to travel, but also how do you pay off debt and build wealth? So we really merge travel and money together. And I invite a lot of different uh, creatives and a lot of different types of travelers on the show to share with us the creative ways that they're earning money, paying off debt, and traveling the world. In the beginning of starting the journey, I was very nervous about getting my interviews because, again, this was untested. I had a platform, but it was like, okay, like, you know, it's just really, it's hard in your mind to be like, why would this person say yes to being a guest on a brand new show? They don't know what the ROI is. There's no social proof. So that was challenging. But once the ball started rolling, I I realized how much fun I was having. I'm known for putting lots of bonus episodes out there. So I just have a lot of fun with that. And the great thing about being a travel podcaster is that I really take the opportunity when I'm traveling to bring my equipment with me, which is super light. And I can record on location. I could record other people if I'm on a tour. So it really adds a dynamic. It's just adds a dynamic voice to the brand and just static blog posting. Obviously, as podcasters, we like geeking out on tech. So what is your gear of choice when you're traveling? Yes, I have an H1. So it was very simple. And I remember I was spending hours researching, like, should I get the H6? Or should I get like, which one should I get? So in the beginning, I said, you know what, let me just start with the H1. And the H1 actually does have flaws. Like if your mouth is too close to the mic, you'll hear a lot of popping. So I've been able to maneuver that. But I just really wanted something that if for some reason it gets confiscated at TSA, I'm not out of like half a grid or, or you know, really in, in like a hole there. So the H1 has been pretty good and it's uh, it's really good in the hotel rooms. It sounds really quiet. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. And you use the H1 as a standalone mic. The unit itself is your microphone? Yes, yes. And so now you talk about being, you mentioned travel and you mentioned on tour. So we're going to take a a little sidetrack down there. So talk about your love of travel. Like where does that come from? And like, when did you start doing more of that and realizing that this is something that you're really passionate about? Yeah. So I've been traveling since I was a young girl. My family is from Haiti. And my mom was like, every single summer, you're going to spend your summers in Haiti with your grandparents. So no Disney, no summer camp, (laughs) none of that. I was shipped off to spend every summer in Haiti. And it was a great experience. That's where I learned how to speak Haitian Creole, learn the culture and the food. So it was a very great immersive experience at a young age. But then by the time I got to high school and college, I wanted to spend more time with friends and travel was taking me away from the things that I really wanted to enjoy. So I kind of threw it away. Travel came up again in my life in graduate school and college when everyone's going to spring break trips and they're traveling on their time off. And here I am a broke college student. I couldn't afford it. 
So that's where for me, traveling money started to make real sense because here I am, I want to travel, but I don't have the finances to do so. So I really made a promise to myself to once I graduate from college to figure out how to make it all work and happen. And I didn't want to pick one or the other. I didn't want to pick, you know, paying off debt mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. I wanted to pay off debt and travel, you know, buy a home and travel, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, raise kids and raise a dog and, and travel, travel, you know. <laughs> and so and travel has always been like my go-to model. And it's great to see that my brand is is around that, around that passion. So what were the, some of the cities that were on your wish list that you started to hit early on? And and what are some, some of the the top locations that you're particularly fond of? Yes. So I actually really focus on cheap flights. So my travel style is very random. I really followed the flight deal and that has led me to some really incredible places. I've been to Iceland three times. It's top, like top three by far. Wow. And it's because I found cheap flights there. So I think if you're open to seeing what comes up, you'll be really surprised at the places that you will really, really fall in love with. I also do like uh, Lisbon, Portugal. It's super laid back. The food is good. It's affordable, you know, discounted compared to other European countries. Also from the East Coast, since I'm based in Connecticut, it's easy for me to fly to Europe. Like it's so much cheaper to fly to Europe than it is to fly within the States. So most of my travels have been international and just taking advantage of those flight deals have helped a lot. And when you talk your show, do you talk to people typically that have maybe other travel podcasts or just fans of travel or what's the the mix of the folks that you've been inviting on the show? It's been a varied mix. So some people just have expertise or they have a really interesting travel and money story. Other people have a platform where they maybe talk about one aspect. Like, for example, one of the persons on our podcast recently, she takes sabbat- she took a sabbatical one year off to travel, and now she's a house sitter. So I said, okay, let me take her on my show and talk about just her sabbatical. Like I just take one little piece of her story and share the how to and inspire people to see how they can make it happen and make this their own. And so uh, what's been the feedback on the podcast from listeners? The feedback has been really, really great. I remember the first day that my podcast dropped, I had 35 downloads and I was so shocked. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and, and I think since my podcast has launched, a lot of people in my circle have been inspired to start their own podcast. That's great. It, it makes it real. Like when you see someone that you know creating something and doing something, you're starting to question like, maybe I can do this too. So that's been really, really great feedback. And I see that people understand more the the intertwining between travel and money. When I first started my brand five years ago, people were like, I don't get it. Like, why are you talking about money and your debt story? And how does that relate to travel? But now I feel like people are really understanding why it's important and how with money, you have the financial freedom to do a lot of different things now. So you grew up in Connecticut? I grew up in the Bronx. In the Bronx. Okay. I grew up in Yonkers. Oh, nice. We're like neighbors, (laughs) not too far from each other. (laughs) And now home is where? Connecticut. Now home is Connecticut. It is in Connecticut. Yeah. So I I grew up in Yonkers and I lived in the city for a couple of times and then lived in Atlanta for a little bit, (laughs) a couple of years and then I lived in LA and I'm in Minneapolis. But uh, yeah, definitely um, the Bronx has a, was a a lot of trips to the Bronx and I grew up in the uh, 80s. So that's when hip hop was born. So I've been like diving into hip hop evolution. I don't know if you've been watching that on Netflix. It's like so awesome to see like the music I grew up with and like the early days and stuff. So and 
and then I know I'm dating myself with these references, but like the breakdancing movies as well, like Break In and Beach Street were like, I was like watching those on, on repeat all the time. So do you have fond memories of, of growing up in the Bronx? I do. I do have a lot of fond memories growing up in the Bronx. And my family's a family. I'm a single mom. My mom is a single mom and she, she really did her best, um, even though she was a single mom. So that was, for me, it's, it's really great because I have that really like a strong connection with her. And, uh, when I think about when I travel, what's really interesting for me is I think about like, when I was growing up, I had no idea that I would be climbing glaciers and, you know, doing like snorkeling between tectonic plates and, you know, <laughs> drinking wine in Italy and do, so like, awesome. that's not what you think about yeah, when you're growing up in the Bronx. And I'm sure in Yonkers too, yeah. you might not be thinking about that on your day to day. So it's just interesting to see how with a little bit of an intentionality, my life has changed so, so much. And it's just been amazing. And I, I do think about living in the Bronx a lot and uh, going to school there, especially with, with Facebook. I see all of my friends from back in the day. So it, it's, it's fond memories, a lot of fond memories there. Can you talk a little bit about this idea of how your circle of friends changes over time? And, you know, I've, I've heard people refer to it as maybe pruning your friends or just kind of like expanding your network. Or I love my regular listeners have, have heard this uh, repeatedly, but Jim Rohn, uh, an inspirational speaker who inspired Tony Robbins, says you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so can you can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think especially referencing the fact that you go to Facebook and you see some of your older friends who have taken a different path. And I'm, I'm wondering if you, you're conscious of that or if, if that's something you think about in terms of for your own personal growth, how you think about the people that you, you surround yourself with and the communities you try to find. And obviously, it's, what you've done with WC Podcast is just one example. So I'm wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I think a lot about in terms of my friendships, it's interesting because when you have friends that you know from real life, there's so much more dynamic. Like you're, you can relate to them on different levels compared to when you have online friends, you usually are friends because of a particular interest. And then based off of that interest, it can grow or, or not, or it can just be just one dimensional. So I think it's really interesting to see how how over time, I think I definitely have a lot less friends. As an only child, in when I was younger, I would cling to friends. Like friends was like everything. I didn't travel sometimes because I didn't want to leave my friends. Um, so, but that has changed a lot now. And especially with what I do as a content creator, I'm very insular. So I'm in my thoughts and I'm writing and I'm in my thoughts and creating content. And uh, that definitely makes me cherish the friendships that I do have. But I do understand that some friendships are just one dimensional. We just really focus on one particular aspect while other friendships will grow and grow and grow over time. And it's great because one of the things I really enjoy is taking the friendships from online to offline. And that could be a really great way to deepen your relationships. When you start to see someone over and over and over again in real life, you realize how much more you have in common and how you can, how you can develop that relationship. Have you had feedback or conversations with some of your older friends and when they've seen like what you've done and, and what you've accomplished and now obviously so much more that you have that you're going to be going to accomplish? What do those conversations look like? You know, are there people that are like, wow, I, you know, are there people that are surprised, not surprised at, at where you've ended up? 
Mhm. Ja, ja, ja. I think now I think everyone knows who I am and they know what I do now, but definitely in the beginning it was it was shocking to them and very different. And I don't think there's a lot of people out there in terms of my friend circle who do what I do from like my hometown or from undergrad and grad school. So it definitely makes me an outlier. Where does this, the underlying theme that I'm getting from this conversation is like a drive, like a drive and a passion, a zest for life, you know, where does that come from? Oh, that's a deep question. Um, I think it comes from the desire to lead the life that I really want to live. And it's really hard to, between your wants and your realities of what you're doing right now. And I'm always trying to figure out how do I close that gap? How do I make what I really want and my dream life into a reality? And it takes having a passion for it. It takes being disciplined. It takes being really unbroken also and not being intimidated by, you know, the down moments to really get to get it done. So I do think a lot of it comes from my mom and seeing my mom and her just her tenacity for raising a uh, a daughter on her own. But I think I've taken it a lot further than that, like where she maybe had some reservations, I'm able to push through and to really outbeat myself or like do more than I thought that I could have. What else is the plate? Because it sounds like you definitely had some dreams and aspirations of things you wanted to do early on, obviously coming out of college with the traveling. So do you find that you're continuously like up leveling like that bucket list? Because, you know, you've done the things you said you're going to do in terms of like all these great places you've been. So does that cause you occasionally to sort of reset and say, okay, you know what? I thought I could aim like this high, but then I, when I make those, you, you can sort of see like what you're capable of. And and now you're like, well, if I can do that, then maybe I can do this, which is like even higher than that. So are, are there some things that have been like coming to mind for you lately where have been causing you to maybe dream even bigger than you had previously? Yes, absolutely. So one of my, I would say newer big dreams is to retire early. So there's this movement called a fire movement, which is financial independence slash retire early. And this is a movement of people who want to break free from retiring at 65 from a traditional nine to five job. But that takes having the financial security and independence and backing. So right now for me, it definitely feels like a stretch to build that much wealth to be like, I want to retire at 45. But I feel like if I'm not saying it enough to myself, it's never going to happen. And that became possible because I paid off my student loan debt. I said, okay, I could do that. So now I can do other things. And just building on your wins has been really helpful for me to continuously up level. But financial independence is definitely the biggest thing that I am working on. And it also drives me to be more creative so that I can, you know, have a different avenue to earn without necessarily depending on a structure of a nine to five. And do you see that the the combination of the podcast and the the community are, are are you now looking at those as opportunities to spread that message further and, and farther uh, than than you had previously thought would be possible? Yes, for sure, for sure. When I first started the community, I just wanted a place for us to connect. 
And now it has grown to, I want this space to be a place where I help people get on stage and become speakers. And I amplify their voices through sharing their content and potentially maybe having a conference one day. So it's just amazing to see when you just start, you never know where you end up. And I couldn't have planned this. Like if I wrote it down on paper, I don't think it would have happened the way it did. So uh, so that's the beautiful thing. But also making sure that throughout the journey, I'm focused on what makes me happy and what I could be invested in. Because if I commit to something and I tell my community I'm going to commit to this and I let them down because I'm not passionate about it, that's that's really bad. So making sure that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm passionate about it, I'm committed to doing it, and then we just go full force on that. Have you given some thought because being Latino myself, I it's very obvious for me when I'm in rooms and when I'm in conferences, like, you know, how very few people of color there are. And I'm just like, you know, sometimes that you go, you, you go, you see people speakers on stage and even in the room, like, you know, 80 to 90% of the speakers are like, you know, maybe not all white male, but just, you know, just all not a, a, a mix of literally like what we see in the world today. And I grew up in New York and you grew up in the Bronx. I mean, you know, like the, the best way to get like thrown in the deep end of like mixing of cultures is just like to spend like a you know a lot of time uh, walking the streets of new york city (laughs) and you see because that's like and it's it's refreshing because it's like it it just prepares you for like travel or you know in your case and just seeing the world through so many so many different perspectives of people and so that's always top of mind and and it's obvious for me when that doesn't exist because it's almost jarring for me right i'm just like oh wow and so I think about like events and I think about like, you know, these incubators for new companies or just kind of like what, you know, in, in terms of like opportunities, you know, I, I know there's girls who code or I think there's even mm-hmm. black girls who code or there's some, there's something along that nature. But um, do you think about opportunities for using the platform to reach an underserved community, not just of podcasters, but even people coming up in tech, in podcasting, like people of of color, men and women, and boys and girls specifically of color, like to see role models and 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 inspiration for for believing like what is possible. Have you been given some some thought to that as well? A lot of thought. I give that a lot of thought because I realize that a lot of people of color, if they don't see someone that looks like them, it's hard for them to relate because they'll say to themselves, that's other people. That's not what we do, you know? So really breaking those barriers and saying, okay, here is not only one woman of color, but here are many women of color. Here are many men of color who are doing various different things and paving the way and making sure that the people behind us can have an opportunity to do that. So that's one of the big reasons why whenever I see that there's a speaker opportunity in the podcasting space, I'm sharing that with the community and I'm telling them, apply, apply, pitch. And even if you need someone to read over your pitch, send it to me, send it to a friend um, so that you can get on stage because it's if we don't see each other on stage, it's very hard for us to be connected to the event and connected to the experience. And I've, I've definitely seen over the past at least two years since WC that a lot more women of color are applying to speak, being, being seen on stage. And that brings me a lot, a lot of joy. So there's obviously the things that you're 
maybe that you plan with women of, of color podcasters changed from what it is now? Because if you go there now, you'll see information about obviously the blog, but there's also like you're, you're developing an opportunity section, resources section, and even the masterclass. So can you, can you talk a little bit about what the goals are in the next year or two for WSC podcasters? Yes, sure. So in addition to being a community for just having a space for women of color, it's also important for sharing resources and sharing knowledge. So we've tried a lot of different avenues over the past two years. We've had uh, newbie mastermind calls. For example, we all come on for an hour and talk about some of the struggles and challenges. We've had uh, town hall meetings or we've had Facebook lives or we go on and an expert will talk about a particular topic. And what I'm really trying to focus on is how to package that knowledge and share that in a way that not only is sharing with everyone, but also helping the community to grow. And an important part of that is sustainability. So if we don't have funding or if we don't have um, the financial resources, even for paying for Zoom will not be possible because we don't have the funds. So really trying as the community grow to create products and services that allow us to be self-sustaining so that we can continue to amplify the message. I think a lot of communities, what they run into is that they do all these great work for free. And then when you're switching up your model and you're like, I need to start to monetize this, it becomes jarring for your community and your community is like, whoa, like this is different from what I had expected. But I'm constantly trying to figure out new ways and new income stream models so that we can be sustained, sustainable. Even for our website, we have an editorial team. Like it would be great to have them to be paid for their time, you know. Um, but it's challenging to go from community to a sustainable community that has the finances and backing to do certain things. So that's why we are trying and experimenting with the master classes and packaging our expertise in a new way. Yeah, I think it's an, it's an important point, especially for podcasters. I think, you know, we're so cautious and scared of like our community like running away because of the minute we mention, hey, would you mind contributing? But at the end of the day, I think as content creators, it's important for, you know, the more people are compensated for the work that they do, the more they can keep doing what they do and, and, and providing value to the community. And I think as podcasters, you know, we need to get out of that mindset of that scarcity mindset really like it's almost you know i like the the analogy of of currency uh as it relates to current like in, you know you have to keep it flowing right you have to give to in order to get and having this abundance mindset and you know saying that there's you know if the more i give the more i'll receive yes and so i think you know because it what it does it's, it's for people who are listening they think okay i'm going to contribute so that when i'm inspired to learn and then when i create my stuff this is a model i can follow so i've been watching a lot of you know obviously there's a lot of great resources like patreon um, i had amira valiani the ceo of glow.fm who's doing some really interesting stuff there there's a cool little service called buymeacoffee.com <laughs> which i've is, seen that which yes is, which is great mm -hmm. i mean it's people you know because typically they're like oh i'd love to have a coffee so it's like a three dollar donation and you can do recurring as well so it's all these little things that people can do to, you know you don't have to build a, a community of like tens of thousands of people um a, a very common article that i reference is um 
the thousand true fans which was written by kevin kelly of, of the co-founder of wired magazine and he said basically like if you had a hundred I mean, a thousand people paying you a hundred dollars a year a year so that's we're talking about like eight eight dollars and thirty cents i think uh, a, a month um then you basically have like a hundred thousand dollar business so you know and some people have gone even further to say how about a hundred fans paying you a thousand dollars a year if you're adding something real of value which is something to be thinking about as well so i think all these platforms are making it easier and easier for people to at least donate and what i tell podcasters all the time is start asking from day one for support so people are not surprised like saying hey you know can you you know set up something use you know use glow.fm use patreon use buy me a coffee just get listeners into the habit of understanding that this is uh something that will will, will last much longer if if it has the support of the people who are listening and following yes absolutely absolutely usually have a couple of questions that we ask as we as we wrap up so one of them is what's something you've changed your mind about recently I remember, I wouldn't say this is recently, but this is in the last year. So one of the things that I was feeling last year was burnout. Mm, yeah. Now I have a full-time job. I have a blog podcast, have a community. So I have all these things going on and I just needed to step away from the podcast. And I also wanted to write a book as well. So there's just so many parts of my brain working at the same time. It's just not going to work. So I went to the community. I said, I want to take a break and I'm not sure if this is going to work out because all the podcasters I love, they are seamless. They never miss a beat. I love their shows. They're always on, on track. I decided at the end of the conversation to take a break, but I was very strategic about that break. I didn't say break and that's it. I made sure that I had a plan to be guests on other shows. And that's where the podcast tour idea came out of. And that has allowed me to amplify my voice and grow my audience passively, even while I am, even while I'm on break. So originally my idea was, okay, I can't take a podcasting break. I I need to constantly be on. And that's not the truth. The truth is that I can take a break. As long as I'm strategic, I can continue to grow my audience and not miss a beat. What's uh, the most misunderstood thing about you? Most interesting thing. I would say that I used to dance professionally. So I was a step dancer, which means that I would use my body as a percussive instrument. And it's called step. And it's very similar to like stepping um, that you will see like in high school, not high school, but like college frats and sororities, Greek stepping. But um, I was doing that professionally for a year, which was really cool. And I I miss dancing a lot. um, So that's like my claim to fame. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and, and sharing your story. I think we've been had a, a couple of challenges with the scheduling, <laughs> but I think what you're doing with WC Podcasts is extremely important. I think it's a much needed resource in the community, and I'll make sure I do everything we can to continue to support you and even let more people find, find it that may not even know about it. So uh, I applaud you for what you do and taking the initiative. I know it wasn't easy. Take uh, a, a leader role. And I think there's a lot of people in the community that are appreciative of the fact that you've actually went ahead and, and, and have done that. Thank you. I hope to see you at PodFest soon. Yes, I will. I'll be at PodFest and then this probably won't be out before then, but I'll make sure I'm trying to get a a meetup going as well for Podcast Junkies, uh, listeners as well. What's the best place for folks to connect with you um, if they want to follow up? 
Sure. So you can head over to our website, wscpodcasters.co, and that you can also subscribe there so you can get newsletter updates from us. And we're WC Podcasters on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And for my personal brand, I'm thoughtcard.com, the Thought Card Podcast, and you could find me at the Thought Card on social media. Thanks again, Danielle, for your time. We'll have all those links in the show notes, and uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll we'll send the WC Podcasters group some uh, some some selfies when we're at PodFest as well. Yes, that'll be so much fun. Thank you so much again for having me. Thank you for being on the show. So thanks again to Danielle for jumping on and having this conversation with me. It's one of those that we had been trying to schedule for a bit, and I'm glad we're able to continue to get these past episodes that have been recorded. So like I mentioned last week, we're going to be mixing in some of the newer episodes that are recorded post-COVID and coronavirus, and then some of the other earlier episodes I'm going to mix in as well, always with some context as to what's happening in our current environment. Once again, thank you for everything you do to support the show and for listening on an ongoing basis. I truly, truly appreciate it. Please continue to support our sponsors, Focusrite, makers of the Scarlet 2i2 sound card, and also make sure you sign up for the podcast studio makeover. Go to podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite promo. As of this recording, there's still about a week left in the contest, over $2,300 in prizes. Make sure you check the links in the show notes for the transcript that's being auto-generated now from the folks at Thyssen, T-H-I-S-T-E-N dot C-O, and really interested to see how that platform grows. You can actually edit uh, some of the copy there as well and make comments on it, so I know they're continuing to add new features every week and couldn't be happier to be a part of that. I recently posted on the Podcast Junkies Twitter page a great post from the team at Headliner, And it's, what is the one thing you wish you had known before you started your podcast? So I'll make sure I link to that as well. That's a great uh, post and a lot of feedback from a lot of interesting podcasters there. So make sure you check that out. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Check out cedarsoil.com for his list of music. Podcast production and marketing provided by fullcast.co. Tune in next week for my conversation with Ian Gaines, host of Immigration Nerds. If you made it this far, it's the retention hashtag you're looking for. Let's go with W-O-C Danielle. So it's W-O-C-D-A-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. W-O-C Danielle as the hashtag. And you can tag Danielle at the thought card. All one word, the thought card. And me at podcast underscore junkies. As always, thanks again for everything you do to support the show. Stay safe, guys. We'll chat next episode.